What's up, Spellslingers? My name is Gary and John Wells. I'm Drew Flitton. And I'm Corey Janabagi. And this is Untap Upkeep Drink. Beer up. Welcome back to another episode of Untap Upkeep Drink. Today is another one of our Color Wheel series featuring the color black. So this will be episode three of our Color Wheel series. Uh, we just finished up blue last week. That's right. We're going in Wooberg order just to make sure that everyone knows that's white, blue, black, red, green. So on our color series, we've been doing the sweet thing where we actually get beers that match the color. So we're doing the, the white episode. We had some of the lighter beers. White blue IPA. Ep- yeah. And then the, on the blue episode. Yeah, blue are, labels because yeah, beers aren't usually blue. Couldn't really find blue beer. So we got some blue cans and bottles and stuff. And But the black beer is easy because we just got a bunch of awesome dark beers. So this is my realm of expertise. I found some really nice ones that I thought you guys would enjoy. One of these beers is actually on my top five beers of all time. It's yeah. just one of my favorite beers. It's so drinkable, so go-to, just delicious that... One part of me is like, I want to drink that beer, but at the same time, I, I know that if I do, it's going to be gone in 30 seconds. So let's not do that. Corey, you brought it from one for me. Uh, let's introduce these beers. So the one that I grabbed for Drew is the Trois Pistoles. Pistoles? Pistoles? No, it's, it looks French. It, it looks French. It's a Canadian beer, so I assume it's French. Three Pistols. But it's a Belgian-style dark ale, 9%. The description is an ale brewed with spices. Very descriptive. Very straight to the point. Sounds really good. I think the the brewery is Unibrow. I don't know how to say that in French. Unibrow. <laughs> Unibrew. I don't know. Yeah, you don't speak French. Barely speak English. But I know Drew loves dark beers, and I've never seen this brewery before. So I thought I'd try and get him one, see if it's any good. I'm excited. I'll be honest. And Gary, you've got one that I found for you, which is an Irish style stout, right? Oh no, porter. It's an Irish style porter. Death by coconut. Ooh, coconut chocolate right on the top of the can. So I'm trying to find the IBUs. Alcohol six point five percent ABV. Um, color is a twenty two, which I assume means somewhere right in the it's middle. There, pretty dark. I, I assume all of these beers are pretty dark. That's that's the hope. <laughs> anyway. Honestly, I'm not a massive fan of coconut, but I do like chocolate stouts and chocolate porters, so I can only assume it's going to be pretty goddamn tasty. So I'm, I'm reading this can right now, and there's a very clever thing at the top where it says pass-hit, which if you read it fast, it's pass-the-shit. <laughs> That's awesome, actually. I did not realize that when I bought the beer, because I saw it was like pass-shit. Uh, what? I, I don't know. Whatever. Pass-the-shit. All right, the last one I have is the one from my top five. This is Left Hand Brewing Company's Milk Stout on Nitro. It's America's Stout. It's 6% by volume and 25 IBUs. It's on Nitro, like I said. It is a very delicious, creamy, chocolatey stout. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I don't usually drink a lot of dark beers, but the Nitros, in my opinion, are my go-to yeah. They're a lot easier to drink. Dark beers beer. are very heavy and yeah. filling. So the one I've got here is Death by Coconut. It's actually by Oscar Blues Brewery. Um, it's 6.5% ABV. And we couldn't find an exact IBU, but it's somewhere in the darker spectrum of color. I would guess somewhere between like 20 and 30 IBUs. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a coconut chocolate <laughs> porter, so I can't imagine. I know, I've had one that was like 42 that was a chocolate stout. and Weird. Oh, 
little bit bitter, but the thing is, maybe it hits that because of the coffee notes and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, hard to say, uh, but I'm excited to see how that one ends up. Yeah, uh, that's really good. Let's get into it. Yeah, you hear that gurgle. So we've got the Trace Pistole. Trace Pistoles. I don't. I don't know. It doesn't yet. smell like a dark beer. No, it really doesn't. It smells like a. It could be an aged ale. That's. Yeah, horribly well, descriptive. It is a Belgian style dark ale. Yeah, it's a, not diff- a stout or a porter. Yeah, so I'm guessing it's yeah an aged, aged Belgian of some sort. Definitely got some funk to it. You can smell the sweetness to it. Light head considering the body. Whoa, that it tastes very metallic, but in a good way. Spicy. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the triple pistoles? Trois pistoles. I'm definitely getting the, the weird metal. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, an aftertaste that kind of rides with you. It's like, I don't know, if you ever, like, I'm sure everyone's lost their teeth. Maybe you had one pulled out by force. Got that kind of irony, that heme kind of taste. Yeah. But it's not like a bad thing. It almost adds just like uh, a sweetness to it. Yeah, it's really hard to describe. Yeah, that's another one of those beers. I don't know if we have the perfect words for it. It is kind of spicy, but not not like Christmas spiced. You know what I mean? It's yeah, those yeah. It's not like gingerbread pretty, type spices. It's yeah. like it's pretty goddamn good though. I like yeah. that. Yeah, this is definitely more of a Bulgarian beer. Yeah, see, I would prefer those weird sorts of taste over hops any day of the week. Yeah, there's like a very, very, very light bitterness to this. This pleasant. Yeah. It's, it's got an uneven flavor, which I, I like that it's not just like uniform throughout. Uh, it's definitely added some interest to it. Like this one that I'll probably go back and try this again and again and have no idea what the exact flavors are. Yeah, <laughs> I have no words for I, it. I, yeah, I'm so confused. <laughs> like it's like, good. I didn't get a metallic so flavor from it. I just got kind of an undertone. It's almost like, you know how you get that weird Dr. Pepper spiced flavor without any of the sweetness. None of that. Dr. Pepper sweetness, but just those, I don't just know, the non-Christmas combination spice. of ingredients. Yeah. Oh, look at the color of that, though. Was this re-fermented? I think it, it was. This is bottle re-fermented. So. Ooh. So it's got a little. So it's got some yeasty some bits. Extra funk. Well, well done, Canada and Unibrow. <laughs> yeah, they've got a couple other beers. I think that that's one's 9%, only, right? Yeah. yeah, I think that's their only dark one. I think they've got like a half or something. Let me go try getting that. All right, so the next one we've got is my beer, that favorite beer, one of my top beers. five milk stout, nitro, America's stout. I'm going in. God damn. Yeah, it's so fucking good. Like it's like adult chocolate milk, but like From in the best way possible. The, yeah, across the room, I can see the head on that one's way darker. Yeah, it's a lot more brown yeah. and kind of a, a rich. I mean. If you, if you know what a nitro head looks like, that's definitely... And actually, if you hold up the Trapistolas to the light, it's just slightly translucent brown, so it's kind of a dark brown. That yeah. one over there is blacker than... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just smelling it's it. It's so it brings good. Me back. I forgot to even describe it. I'm just... I just want to drink it. Paradise. Uh, you can describe it as delicious. Yeah, it's really Chocolate-y, smooth. Smooth. Uh, very kind of mocha esque, with just it's yeah. it's light on the chocolate uh, or the coffee. It's not like punching in the face, but like if you took the best mocha you've ever had and then turned that into a beer and then made it smooth and creamy, 
Yeah, it's a lot different than just having a chocolate and coffee beer. Mocha is like the perfect word for it because it's perfectly yeah. blended. It's really smooth. It's like incredible. if you took the main components of what you taste on an iced coffee yeah. and put it into a real good beer. It's just like yeah, a light good. bitterness to it again here. Yeah. Uh, it does have some sweetness to it that's not overpowering like some porters and stuff. God damn, this Death by Coconut is almost red looking when it pours. Now that is some head, dude. I got a little more head than I probably should have. That's a nice head, though. It's like really very dark. Bubbles, nice yep. rocky pebble or whatever the fuck <laughs> they call it. Rocky pebbled head. Good God. <laughs> so they describe it by, as Death by Coconut. Gary, do tell. So... Like I said, when we started, I'm not a huge fan of coconut, and that is super goddamn coconutty, but in not a German chocolate kind of way. You know what I mean? No, this is like... It tastes like... I know this is just a fucking sin to say, but it tastes like the Ocean Breeze Red Bulls, like the kind of coconutty Red Bulls. It's got like a really light, don't drink fresh coconut flavor. Red Bulls. But it reminds me of if you took an Almond Joy and you roasted yes. the coconuts. Yeah. And then like cut a little bit of the chocolate out. It's really good, actually, for a yeah, guy who doesn't. Way look. good. Yeah, that is. I would guess so IDOs much are coconut. Low. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, that's they're not like fucking 20s. around. Yeah, that's low twenties. That's very good. That is like, super sweet yeah. coconut, and it really is like a roasted coconut. Like that's it's incredibly sweet. Yeah, it's probably one of the lighter, uh, fresher tasting dark, dark beers, beers like that. Yeah, for sure, I would agree with that. Like, I think that's probably the most like refreshing. But that's in yeah. air quotes there. Yeah, dark beer. Usually, I feel like beers they have an accent of whatever they're trying to flavor. Like no, this said of, of apricot or this, this by coconut. Is this only is coconut. coconut. Yeah, this was a coconut. It kicks you in the teeth beer. with yeah. coconut, but in a good way. <laughs> all right, now that we're all gassed up, let's get into this. Let's start off first by having a, a quick disclaimer about the color black as a whole. Right, as we did with white, we want to make sure that we don't promote any misconceptions about what black is i think it's easy with black cars to say demonic and devilish and you know all these sort of yeah and murder red get that right <laughs> murder yeah yeah i mean there, there are a lot of kind of uh it certainly is a dark theme yes but as, not evil yeah like black is not inherently bad or evil right especially like if you consider yourself a black player people don't think of themselves generally as bad or evil they just Think of themselves as, you know, having their own ambitions and goals. Yeah. Powerful. Do anything at, at any cost. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think players that, myself included, that identify really heavily with black, it's sort of identifying with being powerful and ruthless and getting to the point. Literally, the card, get to the point, is just so... <laughs> I mean, it's a Rakdos card, but it's just so quintessential of kind of what... Rakdos people who, well, but what people who identify with black are trying to achieve. You know what I mean? People who gravitate towards black do so often because if I include black, I will have access to some of the greedier, more powerful cards, specifically because that's what black likes to do. Right. Black is not evil. Black is just ruthless. Getting yeah. what it wants yeah. at any cost. And like that's just how black does things, right? It doesn't have such negative qualities that it can't be redeemed right black does have its own redeeming qualities and figures but sometimes they're just a little bit harder to see than it was in yeah. white or blue or and it's, like their ambitions are sort of unrestricted by a specific moral compass or religious belief uh it's just power for the sake of power right and so as gary was talking about there um 
Mark Rosewater has his quote that we keep going back to. And for Black, it was, Black seeks power through ruthlessness. Um, hey. So that is what you're going to see a lot for this episode. So the three main things that we're going to see with Black is we have our ambition, and then this kind of parasitism, decay, sickness, infection kind of theme, and then manipulation. And these are kind of going to run through each other very well because that's what Wizards does. They've told a great story here. So the first primary drive that Black has is its ambition. It's it's all out going for the best, going for power, going for first, always gearing for the win, no matter what the cost. Yeah. Like, Black doesn't care who you are, where you came from. You're either a person who can be used to help them get what they want, or you're in the way and need to go. My Black is going to use you and throw you aside, or use you to continue their, their drive up and then throw you aside later. Yeah, you're just a stepping stone in the end game. Yeah. They don't, they don't let anything stand in the way of personal success, right? They're going to kill, they're going to destroy anything that stands in their way. And you see that in cards like Murder, Doomblade, Cast Down, Eviscerate, Fatal Push. These are cards that are very efficient at destroying creatures. Yeah, getting rid of just obstacles. straightforward removal. No and it's nonsense. been that way since the beginning of yeah. Magic Black yeah. has always fit into that category. Usually like unconditional removal, like murder, those cards. Yeah. They're going to be very strong always, but they're set to get rid of the people in Magic, right? The, the creatures. So Black and the Black player sort of always value themselves above the rest. And so the characters within Black seem to be the the same way. Uh, so good with the uh, Liliana storyline. Yeah, yeah Liliana is like epitome of black. <laughs> really, yeah. And um, so they, they're trying to progress toward their own goals. And to do that, they're going to exploit a... So exploit is a mechanic that was in the Tarkir block. And Sidisi Undead Vizier was a very good like prime example of exploiting. Right, it allows you, the best exploit card? Yeah, it allows you to tutor after exploiting. And exploiting allows you to sacrifice a creature to gain a benefit. Yeah, it's like being a planeswalker and bringing in a very powerful uh, creature under your control, specifically because they have the ability to go get some other shit you needed, and you're like, you know what? If you disappear, don't care. I needed something else. Yeah, and then an interesting thing with exploit is you can actually exploit the creature that has exploit. So it, you can use itself for the greater good, and well, that's, that's just good with that in Greater mind. good is green. Okay, not greater good. Uh <laughs> All right, so Gary, when you were looking at this episode, you kind of had black as a very greedy color. And I don't disagree, but I don't think it's one of the main tenets, but it certainly fits into our category of ambition very well. Yeah, I think the reason I, I kind of had originally in our outline lined it up as a main tenant is because it happens a lot in the mechanics of black. But I do understand how that's not necessarily, you know, black doesn't think of itself as like, I need the most, I'm the greediest. It just, no matter what... It will get to its goal. Oh, yeah, black and if it is, has to use greedy mechanics where it's yeah, where you pay yeah life or creatures. Black is certainly greedy, right? Black yeah. wants it all. He wants wealth, status, and above all else, it wants power. Power, right? And so it's it's willing to kind of trade these things that most of us kind of hold closer to ourselves than what black does, right? It's going to trade life for resources and information. We see that uh, to get mana and card draw, uh, we're going to be trading life for that, right? We've got Phyrexian Arena, Grizzlebrand. Uh, Necropotence, Dark Confidant. Bolus' Citadel, one of the newer ones. One of the newer ones. Out. Extremely yeah. powerful. And to get mana, we've got Blood Celebrant and Vesper Ghoul. Yep. Black also just kind of doesn't care who they work with, right? They'll trade their soul to get what they want, right? We see these tutors. We've got Demonic Tutor, Demonic Consultation, Vampiric Tutor. Sell your lifeblood 
to get what you want. Yeah, it's a small price to pay to get the power that you need, the, the things that you want in order to win. Yeah, consequences be damned. We'll deal with it later. Right now, I have my goal in mind, and I'm going to achieve it no matter what. Yeah. And I think that's why, at least for me, people who gravitate towards black realize um, why it's so powerful. Because one of the first things you learn when you try to level up in magic is that your life points are not some arbitrary bar that you need to set. They are a resource that you can use to win a game. Yeah, absolutely. Life is a resource, especially in black. And I have a thing that I normally say, which is the only point of your life total that matters is the last one. But there are actually some cases in black that that's not even true, right? You've got lich cards that play around the fact that having no life actually doesn't matter. Yeah, it's okay. So to technically be dead. <laughs> yeah, Black's allowed to break the rule that that's the right. only life point that matters, which is really cool. And it's really kind of uh, epitomized what Black just doesn't actually care about its own life total. Like it can throw that away and still be winning because of it. Yeah, it's always trying to get value, even when you're at zero. Yeah, if you guys have ever watched Loading Ready Run, they do a lot of those um, Canadian Highlander uh, matches on YouTube. I would check them out. But they have a really fucking good dredge deck that i mean almost every match he's down to three to one life and he still wins really <laughs> consistently because he just lets you throw everything at him because he knows once he gets to his power cards he's gonna win yeah that's i mean that's kind of a thing with canadian highlanders that your last life point is just kind of like the only thing that you actually care about in a lot of situations whether you're trying to storm off or anything like that yeah. like as long as you're not dead you still can win. Yeah, that's that Doomsday deck that oh, yeah, I can't Doomsday remember the guy's is. name, but he, I mean, he just storms in one turn. It's like Jeremy if it's White. turn four, you'd be Jeremy White. Careful, <laughs> careful. I yeah. think to it. Um, but those, I mean, those guys are fun to watch. That's definitely a, a good like showing of magic. Yeah. Um, well, and a perfect example of black being, yeah. I'll use my life till the very last one. As long as I win this game, it didn't matter. Yeah, and I think it's a lot more abusable in EDH since you have forty life. Yeah. You can just pay so much more. Yeah. So much more value off of it. Yeah, Black is willing to sacrifice anything for its personal benefit. You've got things like Altars, Reap, and Launch Party, sacrificing creatures to, to whether it's draw cards, destroy creatures, something along those lines. And along that theme, you have the Aristocrat strategy. Um, and really, that kind of benefits around having sacrifice outlets and payoffs for it. And so you see Vampire Aristocrat, Viscerous Seer, uh, those kind of like staples of your sac outlets for free sacrifice to get benefits. And then, of course, we have Blood Artist as one of your yeah. biggest and most well-known payoffs the classic aristocrat and like aristocrats as a strategy it's usually mardu but black is the base of it because of all of these effects yeah you got things like dictative erebos that kind of fits in that category where it's a payoff to lose your creatures yeah no it shouldn't be it helps you progress your game state right and another part of this ambition i mean we have the gods right we've got erebos god of the dead and bonte the glorified and they also care a lot about just being kind of greedy and ambitious to get your goals yeah they don't even care about themselves dying so the next category that we decided to sort of lump into black as a whole um and their motives is this parasitism decay sickness and infection we kind of have that all as one category um because black does this very well where they use others whether it's other creatures or other players parasitically to gain for themselves right you've got this kind of like vampirism and life drain type things right life link uh siphon soul child of the night whip of variables things that allow you to gain life 
that you spent on other things and get that life back through damage. Yeah, I had a note on here that black generally doesn't have just standard life gain. You don't just have play a card, gain five life. You sort of have to either sacrifice your own creatures or be a parasite upon, you know, you have to deal damage to a player or to another creature in order to gain that life through lifelink. Uh, I think a good um, example of this is the extort mechanic where you just pay one extra mana, everyone loses a life, and you gain life, and it's just incremental just damage and values like that parasite theme. Now all you do is you play cards, extort, yeah. you get the benefit You, you from play it. the game and you sort of leech off everything. Which then allows you to have a, a greater life total to then utilize to your advantage. Right. Um, another kind of gray area here is the Golgari-esque kind of decay stuff. You see it more in green than black, but it's still very prominent in black. Um, you've got like just the scavenge mechanic. Uh, uh, Xanakiv, Locust is a good example there. Uh, and then you've got decaying soil, fungal infection, things like that, where uh, the theme of this kind of decay and regrowth mechanics are, are prominent, not necessarily in the actual mechanics themselves, but in yeah. what the cards are trying to purvey. Agreed. There's also um, kind of an underlying theme that from the very beginning of Magic has followed Black, and that's sickness and illness and plague, which is where we get cards like Plague Wind, Plague Rats, Pox. Pox! Pox. Fucked up card. <laughs> it is it fucked is. up card, but it's still... I don't know. If I ever have a deck where I just like really want to turn people inside out, like just playing that card, it's kind of like a very lighthearted jockle hops almost. Yeah, I think Pox is actually a really, oh good, <laughs> a really good example of what Black does because it affects everybody. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're willing to sacrifice a 30-year shit to make sure that everybody else's board state is taken down as well. I think Plague Wind's... Or Plague Rats, excuse me. I think that's a really good card for sort of the lore behind Black because it says for each rat in play. And so it's kind of, you know, like the old military strategies of introducing disease to your enemies. And, you know, the more rats you have out, the more that disease, the disease and damage can spread. Well, I think and it's so, very telling that these are Plague Rats specifically. Yeah. Like you look at bubonic Plague, especially like Roman times and even like the infections afterwards, the rats are like the carriers of the disease, the major spread, and they just populate like mad and they cause the population to die because of it. And that's like a very underhanded thing for a player to do in a sense. But at the same time, it's like such a strong, strong way to win because it's very obvious of what's going on, but you have to be able to address it correctly. Yeah, it's just, it feeds on itself and gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, and it's very thematic to the amoral not not evil but just the idea of i will do whatever it takes to win you yeah, know what i mean certainly um you also have just like death touch and in fact it's kind of these poison venom type ideas um death touch you have just the classic vampire nighthawk everybody knows that card yep. typhoid rats Mancer, uh one of my personal favorites um and then with infect of course we got skitherix I'm, I'm probably the Thank only anti-infect player, anti-infect player in our group. And I'm just, probably the most pro-infect. Yeah. I love infect. I don't think any of us are really infect players, but I think everyone Not but you, Gary, and are okay with it. What was that? Everyone but you are okay with it. And Well, if someone else plays infect, I'm not going to be like, I will never play with you, but I just, I feel like such a weird, underhanded way to win that it, I just don't I mean, include it in any of my It players. is like a... A sneaky alternative. Yeah. Yeah, so with Infect, of course, we got Skitherix, the Blight Dragon. It's a classic. It's also an expensive card. Trust me, I tried to buy it like five times. <laughs> Every time it goes up, I should have just bought one like four years ago. Yeah, I think the fan name is Skittles. Skittles, yeah. Because yeah. Skittles is like an approachable, you know, dragon. Like, it's, it's my buddy Skittles, not Skitherix, the Blight Dragon. Yeah. Asshole. <laughs> He's a nice guy. 
So the last main thing we have for black is manipulation. And this is a pretty broad category that we sort of touched on because it sort of wedges its way into everything that black wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. Black is a nice weave of mechanics and manipulation is just all throughout. Yeah. And so we're talking about like the manipulation of life and death. This is how we, we mentioned paying life to do stuff or paying or sacrificing creatures and stuff like this. But it also goes into like forcing your opponents to sacrifice creatures, right? We've got Diabolic Edict, Fleshback Marauder, Dictate of Erebus, as Gary had mentioned before. Shouldred. Shouldred, Attrition. You know, there's a lot of a lot yeah. of mechanics, a lot of cards that force your opponents to sacrifice Yeah, Sacrifice is a very strong mechanic because it's hard to fight it. Yeah, it's hard to get around because it. And it's just kind of like, you can counter my spell, but you can't necessarily stop yourself from sacrificing a creature because I'm like forcing you to do it. Yeah. yeah it circumvents Hexproof and Shroud and yeah, all and these Indestructible. Things. Yeah. Because you're you're basically making them choose to get rid of their own yeah, protection. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of a lot of good ways that sacrifice is almost broken in that sense. Which is why Shieldred, even though she's my favorite, is immediately killed the second <laughs> she puts on. Oh yeah, death. <laughs> yeah. Um, Black also just cares about things dying. Black Hell is yeah. one of the major proponents of the morbid mechanic, uh, which is just whenever a creature has died, the card that you're playing or the card that's on the battlefield has an extra effect. So you've got things like Skurstack High Priest, which is one of the ones that I think I've used the most. You can just make a demon after shit's died. Um, you've got Tragic Slip, which is a very well-known one. Uh, gets around a lot of annoying creatures because it's a minus minus instead of just destroy. So don't care about Indestructible or anything like that. Um, and then you've got things like Kalidus, Trader of Get, where it cares about things dying and it stops your opponent from benefiting from those death triggers by actually exiling them instead. Very strong card. Yep, another way we... Uh, find that black manipulates sort of its board state and its its minions and its creatures is through necromancy. So after you've gone through and sacrificed your creatures or or milled them or dredged them, all these different ways that you basically are killing your soldiers, you're willing to go down to the depths of that you know <laughs> that s- spell bringing to go into necromancy and bring things back. So you've got like the classic cards reanimate and animate dead. Um, we've got like kind of newer cards because reanimate and enemy dead are very powerful and very low mana costed so yeah. they had to increase the mana cost to make them less good uh just because it's so strong you've got rise from the grave and zombify for that and then of course we got children again she's on here because she's classic she's just very good at what she does uh, and then we've got things that are a kind of more wide range like rise of the dark realms uh recurring nightmare yeah i think reanimator decks are one of the strongest black deck types because of these cards because you get so much value of bringing things back and back and back yeah if your thing is good enough to have it on the board and then it dies or you sacrifice it why not do those things again bring it back use it again sacrifice it again get all of the bonus values off of it as many times as you can especially in our singleton formats where you can only have a copy so another one uh, another sort of portion of that necromancy is being able to control dead creatures um, so you have like Zombie Master, Ghoul Caller Gissa, Vindictive Lich, and Josu Vess Lich Knight. Yeah, so these are all cards that, while not necessarily like controlling the dead, they're very thematic in sense, especially like their names, like Zombie Master controlling <laughs> the dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you can't be more on the forehead with that shit. Yeah, they, they like reanimating things and making tokens, making especially zombie tokens. There's a couple other big cards that make zombie tokens, like Grave Titan and Army of the Damned. Some big ones. So beyond just creatures and effects like that, we also like to affect your opponent's boards and their resources. Uh, specifically, we like to restrict your opponent's options. 
Um, we're talking about discard effects here. You want to, as as the card suggests, you're going to attack your opponent's mind to force them to take actions that they don't want. So it's got things like Thoughtseize, Hand of Turak, Oppression, Mind Rot. It's kind of like the more heavily printed one nowadays. Yeah, these are things kind of like Sacrifice. They're, they're sort of, they're hard to combat because you don't expect people to take cards right out of your hand and taking all your answers right before you can even use them. Yeah, it's a good kind of defensive. Like the good... Best defense is good offense. And yeah. To stop your opponents from being able to play the game, especially if they have specific cards that counter your options. Like, get rid of them. Yeah, it's a very proactive way of removing. So Black also really cares about when they discard stuff, right? We've got one with nothing, which is just a, a classic, quote-unquote, bad card. There's ways to, to make it good. Combo piece. Um, got from Under the Floorboards, Volder and Pariah. These are all, the last two are personal favorites of mine because I love the madness mechanics. Uh, let me discard stuff so I can pay a cheaper cost for them. Yeah. And then, of course, Black sometimes can benefit from no cards in hand. We've got the Hellbent mechanic from Ravnica, and then we've got kind of janky cards like Howltooth Hollow, where everyone uh, needs to have no cards in hand in order for you to use its effect. Uh, but you really just want to control what your opponents are able to do. Yeah, even if that costs you cards from your hand, too. Yeah, and as we go through this, we have we have another subset called Manipulation of the Masses, which I think at first I didn't really understand why we would include it when i first saw it on our outline because you know you think of white as being sort of the religious uh color and yeah, having like their following yeah yeah but, but i think it it fits thematically with the lore of you know you're willing to go to any lengths even if it is cultish behavior or you know kind of quote-unquote infecting or washing the minds of the people in order to get them to do what you need them to do so you have cards like twilight prophet Shadowborn Apostle, um, Blind Zealot, Cabal Conditioning. And then, of course, just the classic, you've got the rituals, right? Dark Ritual, Cabal Ritual, Ritual of the Returned. Uh, there's a reason why cards that generate mana at that speed are called ritual effects. It is because of Dark Ritual and yeah. its, its later version. So I actually already finished the uh, the Cocoa Chocolate. With, with some help. Yeah, I did have a little help, but uh, but it was really good, really refreshing for a dark beer. Usually they sit really heavy in the mouth and and in your belly and this didn't either yeah it was very tropical yeah it was super easy to drink lots and lots of flavor yeah mm-hmm. if they're gonna call it death by coconut may as well it, it's a better fitting name yeah all of the coconut and it was not just like your generic ass coconut like it was a nice kind of roasted coconut taste very very nice uh i think for me it was a little overpoweringly sweet it was very very sweet but still good but i don't build up one of those yeah it's yeah it's way too sweet to have a six pack of those or something core you on the other hand i can imagine having as many of those as i could possibly yeah my i've belly. i've been savoring this usually i'm the first one done but <laughs> i've just been sipping this because it's so good i'm proud of Corey because usually he just crushes <laughs> beers because he just i don't know one he talks less than i feel like that I, I do especially but he just is able to consume beers like no one else and he's I don't know, probably like only three quarters of the way out of that one. Yeah, I've just taken my time on this nitro. Enjoying it, which you should. Yeah, I definitely see why it's top five. Like, it's so good. I love that beer. It Like, if I find it anywhere, I usually just pick it up because I know I'm going to enjoy it every single time. Yeah, I think if I ever had to get a dark beer again, this is the one that I would get. Yeah. Because it's so good. Single most descriptive word is smooth. Yes. Really easy to drink. And for me, I got this uh, Trois Pistoles. Oh. Three guns. The three, same Idaho three guns <laughs> from Canada. Need more. Uh, it's a very interesting brew. It's a uh, slightly funky. It has this kind of spicy metallic taste. 
it's got a sweetness to it that I don't hate. Um, it's just not like cloyingly sweet. It's just kind of it's very big. subtle. Um, nice little bitterness to it at the end. The aroma is more funky than what I would expect it to be, but it's still very pleasant beer. Yeah, I don't think I've had a dark ale before, so I didn't really know what to expect. Yeah, dark ales. I think funky is a good word. Generally less funky than this. Just this is just a Belgian style ale, so you kind of expect that funkiness to it a little bit more. Um, but I'm kind of impressed with it, just because a lot of Belgian style ales put me off because they're a little bit too far gone, in my opinion. <laughs> That's just kind of how they taste. Um, but this because a refermented in the bottle, um, so it does have this kind of yeastiness to it. Yeah. That I didn't really notice until after a couple sips, and then I literally had to ask like if it was refermented, <laughs> and it turns out it was. All right, so we've gone through all of these ideas that Black does and some other cards to it, but we should talk about the actual game mechanics a little more. The nitty-gritty. So, of course, we've got creatures and yep. creature types. Black is well-known for many, many creature types. Um, but there's and some... it shares a lot of creature types with other colors, but some very specific black creature types. Yeah, we've got, like, bats, horrors, nightmares, rats, scorpions, skeletons, of course, zombies. Yep. Um, we've got demons, gorgons. Shades, specters, and then some that are kind of more comboed with other colors. Yeah. You know, we've got clerics, uh, thralls, vampires, which, you know, more recently in red and then white before them. Um, You've got, even got a couple blue vampires. Yeah, true. As for mechanics, well, there's there's loads, but we've kind of narrowed it down to like the major ones. Yeah. The ones that symbolize black the most or yeah, so got utilize one of the old school mechanics here we've got fear i don't even know what to say about fear it's they better intimidate yeah they changed it or they they brought intimidate from fear and basically just gave it to all other colors but fear is basically you can't block this creature unless you're colorless or black or black yeah um and so as an example we've got like avatar of woe and cover of darkness um then there's this kind of theme of sacrifice which we talked about over and over again yeah um Reanimation, of course, reanimate, zombify, necromancy, etc. Um, we have these kind of mind attacks, these hand attacks, uh, just lobotomize your opponents, right? Uh, extirpate, stain the mind, surgical extraction. We've got efficient removal, right? Just try and kill these creatures. We've got murder, consign to the pit. Um, force your opponents to sacrifice stuff. But again, she altered, she's going to be here over and over again. Uh, Butcher of Malakir, uh, very, very efficient tutors with demonic tutor, even some creature-based ones like Sadisi Undead Vizier. Yeah, I would say black is probably most known for their tutors because it's the color that has the least stipulations in most cases for their tutors. Yeah, they have the best straightforward tutors. Just a card. Just go cheap, go. Yep. Um, also, another mechanic is Death Touch, like you were saying, shows up a lot in black um, following that sort of disease and infect yeah, kind of theme. Yeah, little things that can take out yeah. anything. I'm a rat, but you are now dead because <laughs> you got sick. Um Black is one of the most well-rounded colors. Yeah. We can all agree to that. Yeah, I think when people say it's the best color or the strongest color, it's not necessarily because it has some, you know, big bomb. It's because it can do so many different things so well. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. If, I guess probably recently black has been looked at as the best color because before I think nobody would look the other way if you said it was blue. Starting around Innistrad block is when I started to notice where black has really started to pick up versus blue specifically. Uh, it's really started to gain ground. Yeah. And, and recently black is definitely... Like, if I'm, especially since I'm primarily a drafter. And yeah. so black is just going to always be strong just because it does have that efficient removal, uh, ways to hand tag your opponents. If I'm playing more of a, a mid-range or control strategy, like black has just got it all. Yeah, it's they not just, completely devoid of evasion. They just get more and more answers yeah. over time. 
Another mechanic that Black does really well, especially lately, is card draw. And I think that's probably why Blue was so strong in the past, because Agreed, Blue yeah. had most of the really efficient card draw. Um, but especially in, in more recent years, Black has become pretty strong in card draw as well. Um, there are some caveats for how Black gets its card draw. Like we talked about before, we're using our resources. So there's a lot of cards like Phyrexian Arena, Harrowing Journey, where we're trading our life for cards. But again, we realize, especially in Commander, that's not as big a deal as the card you need in the hand. Right. And there's other examples where we're tra- trading our creature's life yeah, for cards. Yeah, it's almost always worth it. Small cost to pay to get just such powerful card draw effects. Yeah. And then there's these rare occurrences where we have this exile effect for cards, like Headstone, which allows you to exile a card from your graveyard in order to draw a card. Yeah, I like how thematic that ties in to get to get your cards. It's, you know, who cares about our dead? Who cares about our servants? We need yeah, the we card world. Yeah, exactly. We don't yeah. treasure our dead as what other colors might. Yep. Instead, we're going to just turn them into more resources. Yeah, the body that's tool. useful. Yep. Another thing that Black is really, really good with is removal, and especially creature removal. And... A lot of the old cards had the stipulation that it had to be a non-black. Creature. Yeah, which most of the time it doesn't matter, but every once in a while it does. Like Doomblade is kind of like our classic example. It's destroy target non-black creature. Yeah. And that sort of card was printed for several years, I feel, uh, before they kind of decided, well, let's just make it more expensive, but lower the stipulation costs. Yeah, and it's just destroying any creature is already really powerful, so they had to sort of give it a limitation of non-black. And even in most cases, that's still really strong, but yeah. you can run into instances where it's not what you need. Yeah. Black, on the other hand, is not as great at get, getting rid of non-creature permanents. Black yeah. is kind of the weakest in that sense. It's very difficult to get rid of artifacts and enchantments, especially. Um, but they do have ways around it, like Phyrexian Tribute, which allows you to sacrifice creatures in order to destroy an artifact. Um, something like that in a mono-black deck is... Like, maybe your only answer that's a colored answer rather than just using colorless artifacts. Yeah. And, of course, black is the second best, I would say, behind white at just having fantastic board wipes. Some of the most well-known and kind of praised board wipes just because of the effectiveness and their uh, wide-sweeping nature. Yeah, I agree. I think also cost efficiency, too, because you see some of those things in other colors, but instead of four mana, it's eight mana or oh, yeah. seven. Like you know. Five seems to be where Wizards has set on, settled on recently as far as whiteboard wipes go, but it's very difficult to beat, you know, OG Wrath of God. But then you have for black, it's counterpart Damnation. And one of the best board wipes, especially at its rate, you've got Toxic Delude for three mana. Again, you're paying life, and it also gets around all these other annoying things like Shroud, Hexproof, and most importantly, Indestructible. Yeah, I would argue that yeah. Toxic Deluge is one of, if not the best, blackboard wipe. Because, oh, I, it's because you you just pay life instead of mana. Yeah. You don't have to have a card. You don't have to have creatures on board. You have the resource that you start with. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you're playing against, you know, white decks that are token decks and things like that, you don't necessarily have to pay all that much life to get a pretty big uh, change in a board state. Yeah, and then of course there's Blacks on Zenith, which the Zenith cards is something that we're going to mention basically every single one of these episodes that we're talking about colors because they do what the color does very well, right? Putting counters on these minus one, minus one counters is a very, very, very strong effect because even if you don't kill the creature, then it, it weakens it. It weakens it. And it stays there, yeah. So one thing that Black is surprisingly decent at is token generation. Uh, you've got things like Endrixar, Master Breeder, Army of the Damned. And what we find is that a lot of the tokens that Black is going to generate 
are going to be these zombie tokens. And Corey mm-hmm. kind of mentioned that before. We've got yeah, like Grave Titan and, and stuff like that. We touched on them. Um, but normally I feel that black is probably not going to be your go-to token generator. But when it's paired with something else, like it's kind of surprising what how well it can be. Yeah, it usually the big tokens that it makes, like Drew said, are zombies and then occasional vampire tokens. But usually zombies, it makes a lot of zombies. Yeah, sometimes rats and bats. Yeah, just little play. little critters. Yeah. So we touched on this before about the ways in which black can uh, attain life gain. Um, they do it surprisingly well, but again, it's not just... I life. gain life. Yeah, it's not just play a card, gain life. Which are generally bad cards anyways. Yeah. Um, the way in which they do it generally is through lifelink, which happens through a lot of vampire mechanics Um Cards like Vampiric Link and then cards like Whip of Erebos, where it just gives all your creatures lifelink, which is basically like a life drain. Yeah. So the idea is that, again, Black wants to be punishing its opponents, but then it's also going to reap some benefit off of it. Uh, Black has this very interesting mechanic to me of just grave hate. It's not like a specific well-written mechanic in Black. Um, Things like Bajookabog, Agent of Erebos, uh, these targeted graveyard hatred spells and lands that force your opponents to i think the the reason that black has the grave hate is more thematic towards the lore than it is for color mechanics gameplay just because black from the lore is is the the most likely color to have power over the grave um but yeah, I think mechanic wise, it it doesn't make as much sense because it's the one color that actually needs graveyards yeah, to be around. They use the graveyard so much, and so I guess well, idealistically, uh, I was trying to think taking that, that value from other people. Yeah, exactly. Is that they want to use the graveyard, therefore your graveyard must be valuable to you, and so you're kind of taking that value away from your opponent, proactively yeah. reducing yeah. that. Um, so that's kind of the the major themes of black. And with every single one of these episodes, we'll kind of come to a close here with. That which encapsulates it all. And for us, those are going to be the Planeswalkers. These are things that Wizards has found to represent the colors in their entirety, right? So for us, we've got Liliana Vess and Liliana of the Veil, right? Liliana of the Veil is one of the most, if not the most, powerful Planeswalker in black. She's insane. She's just, I mean, you can tell that by her price point. Even when they reprint her, she stays about the same. Yeah. Sometimes she goes up. Yeah. Uh, we've got Obnixilis Reignited. And Soren Markov. Fucking Soren Markov. <laughs> it's, a, it's a classic. He's a beater, man. That guy's he's not messing around. Yeah, and so a lot of the the mechanics we've talked about are just abilities just straight up on these cards. Yeah, Liliana Vess has a tutor effect. Yeah. You, yep. you strong tutors. You, I make you discard cards. I make you sacrifice creatures. I just reduce your life tokens, total. Yeah, tokens. I, yeah, we've got tokens. I deal damage to you, I, and then I gain some life. Yep. Sword and, you know, deal two damage and gain two life. Uh, target opponent's life total becomes 10. You're just <laughs> leeching off of bitches. Uh, but the last one I actually think is pretty thematic, too. It says you control target player during that player's next turn, which is very parasitic. And it just manipulates them. Yeah, like, yeah. manipulation. Yeah. You know, if they have, like, sack highlights or something like that, I sack your whole board for no value. <laughs> you know, I attack you with your, you know, best creatures into my death touch creatures, something along those lines. Or swing into your other opponents when you... In, probably, yeah, when in, they wouldn't. in Commander or some other multiplayer format, yeah. sure. Yeah, it's just the most manipulative thing you could really ever do in Magic. It's to control another player. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's a low blow. <laughs> so I think those Planeswalkers do a really good job of encapsulating all of sort of the main themes and mechanics that Black tries to utilize as tools to gain that power and win the game. Right. Um, Wizards has written Planeswalkers very well over the years in that they want to use them as like, 
a guidepost almost of this is what this color does, especially if yeah. it's monocolored, you know, ones. It's like, this is what this color does. And even with the, you know, multicolored ones, this is what this color pair is going to do or what the, the theme of, I don't know, using Soren as an example of just vampires. When he is black, white, he does have a lot of like lifelink type mechanics, a lot of kind of parasitism and just kind of like efficient life matters sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's worth noting maybe at the end of each of these episodes, this Mark Water, a Mark Rosewater quote, just because it, it really does harken back to some of the, the very origins of how Wizards is actually making these cards and building the lore in, building the mechanics into the colors. So we I'm going to show with it. We might as well close with I'm going to have yeah, Drew strap on good. his best announcer voice and, and give us this Mark Water quote. I don't think we should do it the announcer voice. I think I should just read it. So White seeks peace through structure. Blue seeks perfection through knowledge. Black seeks power through ruthlessness. Red seeks freedom through action. And green seeks acceptance through growth. And that's from Mark Rosewater, his blog of talk. That was in 2014. But I think that these kind of tenets hold true. Yeah, you can, just going back to old, old magic, you can see that all of these points, they've stuck to them over the years and just built and built and built on all of them. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for Black. We'll see you next time where we're talking about Red. Corey's hey. <laughs> yeah, Corey's leading this one, so we'll see what happens. Chaos. Whew. So thanks for visiting us, guys. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. You can talk to us over there on Twitter at UUD Podcast. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. Hopefully you're watching this on YouTube if at least once during the episode. Yeah, if you're going to do anything, I would suggest looking at it on YouTube because we're going to have some of the cards that we've yeah. mentioned. Actually, we're going to have all of the cards yeah. that we've mentioned. Just so you know what they do. You're going to have to pause the video most likely and go yeah, through. Yeah, there's but, a lot of them. Because we've gone through a lot of cards and we haven't really explained them. And this isn't the, the podcast for that. We'll do that in a different episode where we're actually talking about very specific cards for specific reasons. So we'll see you guys next time. And as always, have fun, but not too much. <laughs>